Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. If you notice with me for a moment here, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 reads as follows. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Based on what I've just read to you, I want to talk to you for a few minutes on this topic. A new way of living despite the challenges. The term new can be defined as not existing before. Introduced or discovered recently. Fresh or an original. The opposite of that word is old, existing, like it existed before, stale, or stagnant. When it comes to life, it's reassured to know that we can get a fresh or a new start in life despite our past because of the blood of Jesus that was shed back on Calvary. Thank God for his blood that gives us newness of life. A fresh start allows us to have another chance as well as hope that better days are coming. Let's go go with me to the book of Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. The book of Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. It reads as follows. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now, hope, hope is faith, confidence. It is expectation in Christ does not disappoint, does not dishonor, does not disgrace or put to shame because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. People and even... People and places and things and businesses and schools and family and so forth can disappoint and put us to shame. But we know that God does not disappoint. How many agree that God does not disappoint? Now, if we disappoint it, I believe it's not God's fault. It is our fault. How many agree with that right there? I need you to understand, don't be trying to say God disappointed me or when people say God disappointed you. Now, there's had an expectation that God, listen, that was not in line with the will of God because this scripture is true. God does not disappoint. The gift of salvation is another way that he demonstrates I need to trust him for newness of life and a fresh start in life. I believe one of the greatest blessings or benefits of salvation is that it provided us hope for a new, fresh life that brings better. Hallelujah. Now, repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and receiving God's spirit will open up to us a new level of living. If you don't mind, go with me to the book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 38. The book of Acts, chapter 2. And verse 38. The Bible reads as follows. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, let's look at that a little closer. Repent. 
reconsider and change one's mind for the better. Change the way you're going and to go toward the way of God. And let every one of you be baptized, immersed in water, symbolically to be made clean in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, for the deliverance, for the forgiveness of sins, the mistakes we made. Those things we missed the mark, wander from the path of righteousness, and you shall receive the gift, receive, receive means take upon oneself, the claim for oneself, the gift of the Holy Spirit. We make a life change decision to make that 180 degree turn from our way of doing things to his way of doing things. It starts the process of that new life. When we're going one way, going doing things our way, following the ways of the world, following the ways of our flesh, following the ways of our soul, but not following the ways of the spirit. And you say, I, I repent. I, I don't want to do that any longer. I want to go toward the ways of God. That is a sign that you're headed toward the newness of life. And, and when you do that, you need scriptures like 1 John 1 and 9. Go to 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. Because in this process, you're going to need scriptures like 1 John 1 and 9. It, it will become one of your best friends. <laughs> Hallelujah. Unless you don't make mistakes, then you ain't got to worry about the scripture. But if you like the rest of us, you're going to need 1 John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins as to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So notice this, when we make that life-changing decision, and then we mess up somewhere along the way, if we confess our sins, he is faithful, he is worthy of trust, he is one that can be relied on, and he's just. He is in right standing. See, God is already in right standing. He doesn't have to get right, he's already right. And so when he says, I'm going to make you right, he said, listen, he got something he can back up because he's already right. He just. He just, we have to get just, he already just. And so he says this, and I'll, and I'll forgive you, I'll send your sins away, I'll let them go, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When you cleanse from all unrighteousness, you are the righteous of God all over again. And that means I'm confessing my shortcomings. And also, I'm changing my attitude toward the word of God. I'm saying, God, not my will, but your will be done. I'm going towards you now. Yeah, I, I, and see, you can be saved and start going your own way. Now, I, I've been guilty of that. I ain't going to tell no lie about that. I've been saved been doing the things of God. I went my own way and had to repent and start going back his way. And that's why I like scriptures like 1 John 1 and 9. Confess, ah, Lord, you know what? I messed up. See, I'm going to tell you some, I tell God stuff I don't tell you. And God tell me stuff that I don't tell you neither. Like, you know, God will correct me of my sins. Hey, dog, you know what? You ain't doing right here. Well, God, I, see, you don't see this, what goes on inside of me. I got some stuff going on on the inside of me. God is correcting. He's straightening out. And here I am talking to you like everything's normal. But God said, you know what? Your attitude ain't right about that. You want to talk about that person. Then, then sometimes I do it right, but sometimes I mess up and I say, God, please forgive me. You know, my attitude was not right in that situation. I, I need to do better, God. You, you know, God was like, yeah, you know, you need to do better. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. I need to do better. So, you know, hallelujah. But you know what, though? We're saying in so many words, I'm serious about needing and desiring this change in my life. I need this fresh start. 
And please fill me with the Holy Spirit to lead and guide me through this Christian journey. I cannot do this alone. I need the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide me. I need the Holy Spirit to help me through this process. I need the Holy Spirit in order to make this journey with Christ, this new way of living. Another aspect is this, that baptism in Jesus' name is another important aspect of this process that leads us to newness of life. Go with me to the book of Romans chapter 6 and verse 4. The book of Romans chapter 6 and verse 4, which reads as follows. Therefore, we are buried with him through baptism into death, that just as just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. So we see here, therefore we are buried. That means to bury together with him, him being Jesus through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised, awakened from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness Newness, that quality of being original, coming to being, having, exist, having never existed recently of life. See, it's imperative that we continue to get knowledge and understanding of our new way of living. So that we can discover the new opportunities, the relationships, the doorways and experience that Jesus has for us. It's time for us to see and experience things that we've never seen or experienced before. Now, see, this is what you need to understand. We, when we say that we're new in Christ, people have never seen us as a Christian believer before. Never seen us as a Christian brother or sister before. Never seen us as a Christian father or mother before. Never seen us as a Christian co-worker before. Listen, you, you left Friday as a, as a, excuse me, as a sinner and you came back Monday morning as a, as a, as a believer in Christ. You left your house one day as a sinner and you came back home as a believer one day. You have changed the game. You changed. You can't, you left, you, listen, you went to your bedroom one day and you repented of your sins. You came out to the dinner table, a new creature in Christ. And people got to learn how to take you now. They were used to you doing one way, but now you start going another. You've repented of your sin. You say, you know what? I ain't getting drunk on the weekends no more. I'm starting living for Christ. I'm no longer going to be chasing these. I'm going to be living for Christ. I'm no longer going to be doing the things I used to do. I'm going to be living for Christ. Never seen you as a Christian parent before. Never seen you as a Christian teen or a Christian adult, or a Christian anything before, because you were always a sinner. But now, you're a new creature in Christ. You're a new creature in Christ. you never seen that before. Do you know what, though? You're still having to learn the process. Learn how to navigate through the process of being born again. This way is different than the way we used to live, so this will be the new way of living. 
And so therefore, this new way of living has to be learned. It's going to require me to put forth effort and persistency in learning the ways of Christ. It is new. And see, that's why I believe Jesus came in the flesh, according to John chapter 10, verse 10. Go to John chapter 10 and verse 10. And listen, why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come? One of the reasons he came, I should say. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's why the thief come. But why did Jesus come? I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That Listen, Jesus came so we can have life, real, genuine life. Life devoted to God. Though life devoted to trusting in God. He came so we could have life and not only have life, have it more abundantly, superior to the advantage, over and above, much more than. We see that Jesus came so that we can have real and authentic life that he came to give his people. That's why the Lord tells us, not only are you going to have life, but that life going to be superior, over and above, much more than. It's going to be better than the life you was delivered from. The life that you used to live, the way that you used to go, when you start going toward Christ, your life going to be abundant now. I used to go this way and I thought I was living, but God said, you're going my way. I got you. I'm going to do better than when you was in the world. I'm going to do better than when the children of Egypt. See, when the children of Egypt or children of Israel was in Egypt, listen, they thought they were living, but they realized that one day I'm going to be living a whole lot better. And see, when you are born again, you are a child of God, you can expect for your life to get better. You may have to go through some trials and tribulation, but if you hang on in there, you stick with God, your life is going to be better. Your life is going to be better. And I know some people in this room can testify to your fact that your life is better with Christ than it was without it. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. God has made us some promises. You say you like on me better? Yeah. Because your eye hasn't seen with God's, all the stuff God has for you. Your, your, you haven't experienced everything God won't experience. Yeah, I know it's been good these few years. But wait, hey, you ain't seen nothing yet. First Corinthians 2 and 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Notice this, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared, provided, made ready. It's getting ready for those who love, who, who are chosen to be fond of him and content with him. You haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I know you want to see some bigger and better in 2021, but you ain't seen it everything yet. You ain't seen God going to get you out of there. You ain't seen how God going to heal your body. You ain't seen how God going to make you for, take you from being here to there. You haven't seen everything yet. And I promise you, it's getting better than what it was in 2021. And 2022 is going to be even better. In the rest of this year, it's going to be even better. Why? Because you got a God that has not ran out of blessings yet. He has not ran out yet because he's a God of more than enough. 
And I thank God he's a God of more than enough. But all this is because God has prepared this for those who have chosen to love him. Chosen to love him. And again, it brings us back to our text this morning, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The Lord has prepared this life for us, but it comes with some challenges. And I'm going to talk a little bit more as we get into it. Now, Paul wrote this letter to the church in Corinth that is relevant to the church in Bolerica today. We pick it up in 2 Corinthians 5 and 16. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5 and 16. I want to read that to you and go back and explain it to you. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. So Paul is stressing the importance of moving past knowing our sisters and brothers in Christ in the flesh or by their before Christ days when they were consistent, that went, which consisted of past mistakes, failures, disappointments, deceit, trickery, and so forth. You know, I've been reading some of the uh, accounts of the Old Testament brothers, in the, and I was seeing these brothers were trickery. <laughs> there was one brother who, listen, gave his brother a bowl of soup, or something to equivalent to a bowl of soup, in exchange for a birthright. Listen, he sold it for a birthright, for a bowl of soup. This brother was tricky. You got to see, and I was looking at some of the people in the Bible, and I was saying, God, this give me hope. When you start reading scripture, I said, Lord, if all these people can make it, <laughs> you got to read the Bible, y'all. You got to read the Bible. Don't take my word for it. Get in the word of God yourself. You know, I, I'm thinking about the life Peter left. Peter was cussing folks out, cutting ears. And I said, Lord, he was preaching the gospel. There's hope for me yet, y'all. Look at the Paul. Paul was persecuting the church. And he wrote approximately two-thirds of the New Testament. There's hope for me yet. Listen, you ought to look at the scripture and say, you, you read it? Yeah, I'm not Jesus, but God gives hope to those who want to follow him. And when you go in that new life, you got to keep following the omniscient God that continues to lead and to guide us into all truth. Now, we'll go back to this text here. He states this in first in in Second uh, Corinthians five and sixteen. Therefore, now on we regard, we don't, we look upon, we understand, and we discern and discover no one according to the flesh. Flesh in this particular regard is the human nature apart from divine influence. Even though. We have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Paul was letting us know that we have to shift from knowing, thinking, and talking about our sisters and brothers, even ourselves, based on the flesh. That part of us is not influenced by the Holy Spirit or divine influence. We can't know people after the flesh. Now, I know it's, it's, it's hard not to do. Because even in scripture, they, some people, you only, you only know them by their nickname, what they were known to do. But we have to look past that and see people as Christ sees people. 
We have to make a daily choice to think, talk, and act differently towards our family, our church family, as well as others. When we can see others differently, we choose to respond to them differently, especially think differently about them. Want to deceive them the way that God sees them. Want to think about them the way that God thinks about them. And the same is true for the person in the mirror. We must see ourselves the way that God sees us, not the way that family, our family, or spouse, or a friend, or a co-worker, or anyone else sees us that's not in line with God, God's word. Because some people going to see you more than what you see yourself. Now, we gravitate toward those who can see us the way Christ sees us, but the ones who don't see us the way Christ sees us, we just disregard that. We don't put any stock in that. Somebody going to see you doing things that you never thought you could do before. And that is the sign that you're in the right company. Because why? Somebody going to see you the head and not the tail when you're not going to feel like you're the head and, and not the head. You'll still feel like the tail. Somebody going to see you as a conqueror, even though you might feel like you're being conquered. Somebody going to see you as being the head of the organization when you're just a stock boy in the situation. Somebody going to see you as a, mm, what Christ calls for you to be, when you don't actually see yourself in that position. Therefore, you are a new creature in Christ. Now, Paul says condition, the first clause of 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if anyone is in, notice you got to be in Christ first. You got to be all within and all together in. You got to be born again. You got to be saved. You got to be in Christ, in Christ, the anointed one, the son of God. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, if sets the condition for the new and the fresh life to occur. If I'm in Christ, I got to be in Christ. Got to be in Christ. And so if I'm in Christ, three things are set up to happen here. I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. First one, I'm new. I'm fresh, uncommon, unheard of. A new creation. I'm being established. I'm being built upon. I am a convert. But the old things, the old times, the old way of doing things, the old way of life is passed away. It's perishing. It's going to pass by. It's, it, I, I'm not going to be able to move forward. It's perishing away. It's not in the way that it needs to be. And all things have become new. I, I'm being made. I'm being performed. I'm coming upon the stage as something new. And I listen, you need to understand that part of it because your spirit man is becoming new. It's a new man. But there's another issue you got to deal with, though. And that is your mind. See, Paul makes this statement that all things have become new. But if my mind has not been renewed or changed by the word of God, I may be still working with some old mindsets, some old emotions, some old cravings and desires, old family history. Sometimes my family is going to be a situation, a weak, maybe some weaknesses in my life, some frailties and so forth. But a major difference about this time, me dealing with this, is that I'm being guided by the Holy Spirit, which is a huge difference. See, I don't deny that you got some, listen, that you're a new creature, but if you don't renew your mind with the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to change your mind, 
you're going to be stuck in that same spot that you were in once before. You got your mind must be renewed by the word of God. And you need the Holy Spirit to guide you. See, one difference for me, one difference between me being in this old way of doing things and this new way of doing things is the Holy Spirit. Go to John 16 and 13. It'll speak better for itself. John 16 and 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. God means he's going to advise you. He's going to show you the way. He's going to influence your course of action. See, a major factor in my life now is the Holy Spirit is there to help me in my journey with Christ as I learn how to live for him in this new way. I need the Holy Spirit to live in this new way. I can't live within myself in this new way. I need the Holy Spirit to help me in this new way. Remaining in Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, is life changing for me, my family, my finance, and especially my faith. But I need the Holy Spirit to guide me through this process. I need the Holy Spirit to help me to make it through this process. It is the difference in experience a new fresh start in life as well as daily discovering the miracle sign and wonders that God has for us individually and collectively by the Holy Spirit. Psalm 68 and 19 says he loads us daily with benefits. But I got to allow the Holy Spirit to show me these benefits. I need the Holy Spirit to show me how is God working with me when I'm at my job, when I'm at school, when I'm a husband, and when I'm single. Why, how is God working with me? I need the Holy Spirit to guide me through this process. And see, as he guides me through the process, he is unveiling the new you in the process. The new Christian believer, the new Christian co-worker, the new Christian husband, the new Christian wife, the new Christian uh, business owner, the new Christian worshiper, the new Christian, the Holy Spirit is constantly revealing it to me as well as others. I'm in Christ. I'm staying in Christ. I'm seeking to get, and not only that, I'm seeking others to get me, to, to join me in Christ. See, the new you wants other people to follow you in that same process. See, if I'm a new in Christ, not only do I want to uh, be new in Christ, I want to bring you along with me so you can be new in Christ as well. Because I'm enjoying this new life in Christ. It's better than the life I used to live. So I'm telling others, hey, come on, you can, God will deliver you out of what you is. He can bring peace to your life like you never had it before. Come on and join me in this walk with Christ. A new creature in Christ. Now, I'm in Christ. I'm seeking to get others to join me in Christ. I have the word of God to help me in the spiritual and natural nutrients that gives me strength, might, and ability and insight as I discover the new me and the new life that God has for me. That's why I believe he said this in Matthew 4 and 4. But the answer is said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Notice what he said. It's written, man should not live or to, or excuse me, to breathe, to have true life, to be blessed in an active life by bread alone. 
by natural nutrients, but by every word that proceeds, the proceeding word that comes forth from the mouth of God. See, the word of God helps us to discern and process what is tried to cause us to remain in our old way of thinking and acting and talking. What are you saying by that, Pastor Dobbs? See, you, the word will reveal to you what's trying to bring you back to that old way of doing things. The, the word will reveal to you what's causing you, maybe trying to pull you back into the thing, what's causing you. See, sometimes you don't even know you're going back sometimes until the Holy Spirit reveals it to you. Because the enemy is subtle. He'll have you doing little small things, like, like you used to pray 15 minutes, now you're down to five minutes. You used to give at a certain level, but now you bring your giving down. You say, you know, I got this. Listen, I can't go a day without praying. But here you are. You went two or three days without talking to the Father. Small things can make, see, the little foxes, that's what spoils the vines. And you have to be careful about those small things and don't miss what the Holy Spirit is teaching you along the way. Don't miss his teaching. Don't miss his guidance because that is the process that we're living by now. And as we live by the word of God in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, it lets us know that we are a new creation. We're being established. We're being converted. This is our first time coming to. We're producing or building something now. And that's why we must discern what is trying to control us. The enemy will try to control you either directly or indirectly. You got to watch out for the enemy trying to control you through means that you may not even recognize. See, the enemy is subtle. He's been doing this for thousands of years and you cannot match your intellect to the devil. Don't think. See, the devil comes to steal. He comes to kill. He comes to destroy. You got to watch out for the enemy trying to control your life. Through means that you don't even recognize sometimes. You think you're doing good, but the enemy said, I got him now. They think they're doing all right, but I get, listen, it's just like if you go, go fishing. That, you see that hook, you got that hook sitting in front of you. Or, or that bait, that bait. See, bait only good if you like it. If you don't like the bait, then it won't bother you. But if you like the bait, it'll, it'll be right there before you. And you got to watch out. The enemy will put bait before you, things that look good, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. And it calls you, if you're not careful, to go back on God. You got to be careful about it. You got to watch out who's trying to control you. Now, you got to ask yourself the question. I have to ask myself the question when I was studying this. Am I being controlled by the, the new way that God wants me to go in? Or is the old mindset still trying to control me? You could be saved for a number of years, but that old mindset to try to grab a hold of you. Find yourself getting angry at times when you shouldn't be angry. Time you'll find yourself, you, you thought you had the anger under control, but here you are going back to that old mindset. Thought you had forgiven, you walk, you're walking in forgiveness, but mind yourself going back to that old mindset. Find yourself being complacent concerning the things of God. And so now, Who's trying to control them? That's why we don't want to lean to our own understanding in this faith walk, but we want to trust the Lord wholeheartedly in our progress with Christ. Go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 6. I know you've been going to that all year, but let's keep going. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 6.
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust means that I'm going to have confidence. I am going to have be assured, believing, and going to make secure in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. The more we hear and apply God's word, we gain faith, confidence, and assurance that he is who he says he is and he will do what he says he's going to do. See, faith in God's word is our game changer. We must establish a lifestyle of faith as our resource. And the question is, how do we increase our faith or our resource? And God has given us an answer here in Romans 10 and 17. Let's go to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. The Bible reads as follows. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So my faith is my confidence, my assurance, my trust, and my belief. See, the word is our guide. It's our guide. It's going, once we're headed this way, we start going the new way of Christ. We need the word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit to be our guide, to continue to lead and to guide us into all truth. Understand it we, as we do that, as we do that. Old things are going to start passing away. Old things are going to pass away. They're going to perish. They're going to be omitted. They're going to be carried away. They're going to be converted. See, one thing I need for us to understand, that today, we, listen, everything, whether good, bad, or indifferent, is made us up to today. But we do not allow that to control our future as opposed to our omniscient God that continues to lead us into this new way of living. Listen, I, listen, good, bad, and different. You can't go by what you, listen, your old mindset will not work with what God is doing in your life. Because God wants you to walk by faith and not by sight. See, that's why when Peter said, when Jesus told Peter, listen, I want you to go catch, go fishing. And when you, whatever you catch, Look in his mouth, bring out what you catch, and go pay our taxes. That natural thinking, how in the world am I? I ain't never been fishing and caught and found enough money to pay my taxes in. You can't go by natural thinking when it comes to the way of God. You have to think like Christ wants you to think. Because Christ thinks a little, I, they don't think natural. He is, you walk by faith talking with Christ. That's why when you pray and, and you see God move in your behalf, that's that's, that's what God does. You expect God to move because you are a child of the Most High God. You expect him to heal your body. You expect him to deliver you. You expect him to prosper you. You give and shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. The world says, I'm going to hold on and do it the world's way. But God says, do it my way and you have more than you ever had before. You're doing better than you ever had it before. Glory be to God. Now, let, let's look at this for a moment. We're made up of three parts. First Thessalonians 5.23. This is important. We need to understand this part. Because if not, you'll, you'll get caught up in thinking, I'm not saved when you start going through challenges. And challenges are real, y'all. People that are saved go through challenges. Excuse me. I'm saved. I go through challenges. You may not go through anything, but I go through challenges. 
I go through challenges. First Thessalonians 5.23. Let's, let's look at this first of all. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, so we got a spirit, we got a soul, and we got a body. Spirit, soul, and body. Now, that's not what I think. That's what the word says. I believe what the word says. Now, let's think about moment for our soul before we get to the spirit. Because remember now, he says that anybody is in Christ, he's a new creation. So I got to understand what he's talking about there, because if not, you can think something's wrong with this picture. So number one, I'm going to look at the soul for a moment. See, the soul is still going through some transformation. See, the soul is that emotional part of you sometimes, so to speak. And sometimes, I'm not saying this to you, but just in case, just in case you know somebody. You may still deal with anger, may still deal with unforgiveness or pride or jealousy emotional issues, and uh, so it's, it's going to deal with it. It's your soul. It's your soul. So when it says a new creation, I don't think it was talking about your soul. you got to deal with that So you got to renew your mind with the word of God when it comes to your soul. So that could be a challenge, your soul, one aspect. Second thing we'll look at here is the flesh. But let's know the flesh going to go through some changes too. Uh Interesting, you know, you know, sometimes I wonder if I'm on the right track. I ran, as in my personal devotion time, I ran across Galatians 5.24. Go to Galatians 5.24 just real quickly. I'll let you know my personal devotion time. As I was preparing for this, in my personal devotion time, I ran across Galatians 5.24. And it reads as follows. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. But notice what he said about his crash with his passions and desires. So your flesh got passions and they got desires. But he want that stuff crucified. <laughs> I said, Lord, you were talking to me right there. Because your flesh going to have, I don't say yours, but let's say somebody's flesh. It's going to have some desires and cravings that are not in line with the will of God. Thank y'all for the five amen. Pray for the rest of us, okay? Just pray for the rest of us. So, when he looked at that scripture, we see that Paul is talking about your spirit man. Not your body, not your soul, but your spirit man. That new creation in Christ. And go to Matthew 26, 41. I wrote this down. I, I, I said I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to show it to you real quick. Matthew 26, 41. Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he makes this statement, Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is what? That's all about flesh. If Jesus said that, um, <laughs> so we see that he's talking about our spirit, man. So the challenges come. In the soul and in the flesh. They're going to challenge you. But God has given us strength and power to overcome the challenges that come our way. Listen, I know you're going to be challenged. And, and listen, and we need to recognize this, especially when people are in the process of really starting to follow Christ. 
They're still going to be challenged in their soul and in their flesh. That don't mean we kick them out of the church. Because if the truth be told, if the truth be told, yeah, you may not say nothing, but if the truth be told, you may not want to, listen, tell everybody, but if the truth be told, Saturday at 2 p.m., 2 a.m., excuse me, Friday at 11.35 p.m., 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 yep. Then at 12, again at 12.02 a.m., Saturday morning, you could be challenged in your flesh. Your soul could be going through some changes right now. And so this is a process. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us through this process. See, you are a new, you're going this new way. You're following Christ. But you still got to renew this mind with the word of God. And, I, and you have to constantly renew it with the word of God. You can't stop after you've been, you, you, I renewed a whole week. Whew, I'm good next week. No, you ain't new. You are not good. You have to constantly renew this mind. Cause it don't take nothing but, it take, it take about, it take about, it take about. And your flesh can just act up. If you're not careful, it's gonna take about, 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 and your soul can act up. I'm, I'm, I said, I, I'm gonna get to this last few, few things here. I gotta tell you a quick testimony. I, I told somebody, I knew I was saved after this happened to me the other day, cause I knew in, in a former life, it wouldn't have been that good, and next week it may not be that good neither, but this past, what did I tell you that happened, dear? Saturday or Friday? Friday, yeah. Friday, I was sitting there and, um, I'm about to face, hold on, just, let me tell my testimony, y'all. I gotta tell my testimony. I was in the garden center waiting to, to check out. And the lady had a bunch of stuff, right? She had a bunch of stuff. So she would give, she had got food and plants and all kinds of stuff. She had about over a hundred dollars worth of stuff. So he took time for it to ring out, right? So I'm standing back social distancing. And a lady walked by me. She walked by, she went that way. And then she walked back this way. And I think nothing about it. So, you know, took some time for this person to get done. I'm standing back, trying to do social distancing things. So, you know, I'm going to bite them um, on top of them, so forth. And so once she, the lady did all her stuff, took her a few minutes, she was going, had to go through changes and so forth. And so she had finally finished. And all of a sudden the lady, I'm standing in line that whole time, the lady that was walking back and forth just walked in front of me and put her stuff down on, on the table, on, on the stuff. And, and then she glanced back at me. And, uh, and uh, I didn't say anything. I know y'all shocked. I am too. I'll be honest with you. I, she processed her stuff and, and left. And I this is not, okay, okay, because we walk up here now. <laughs> Put my stuff down and checked out. And, and the lady that uh, was uh, the counter, the person that counts going back, said, well, you stand in line the whole time? I said, yeah. She didn't see you? I said, no. I said, you know what? I must be saved today. <laughs> Because normally my flesh and my soul would have acted up right now. I've been clearing my throat. <laughs> now, I passed that test that day. Don't try me next week, okay? <laughs> Don't try me this afternoon. Don't try me later on. 
I passed that test. I was so happy with myself. I said, you know, I told, I, I testified to the people in the county. I said, I must be saved right now. I must be saved right now. Hallelujah. Ooh, I felt saved too. I did. I really, I mean, I felt real saved then. Because I know normally, woo-wee. <laughs> I wasn't in no hurry. I wasn't in a hurry. I wasn't in a hurry. And I must be saved. Okay, anyway. Let's finish this up. I'll give you five tools that's going to help you in this process. Help your spirit man go forth. And that's what's important. We want our spirit man to be strong. We want our spirit man to uh, overcome when the soul tries to act up, when the flesh tries to act up. We need these tools to overcome the challenges. I define challenges as opposition, something that requires effort to overcome. And challenges are going to try to question you. Challenges are going to try to question you. So these tools will help us to walk in this newness of life. First one is the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 and 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and she be witness to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Power is defined as strength. We need strength in this walk with Christ. We don't need natural strength. We need spiritual strength. Strength to help you to think, to talk, and to act more like Jesus. I don't need my natural strength. My natural strength will go off on you. My natural strength failed. My natural strength be up and down. My natural strength is inconsistent. I get a little older. My natural strength is like, man, you, you get out of bed? What do you mean they're getting out of bed? Try it. My natural strength. But my spiritual strength keeps going. Y'all following? These spiritual strength. These spiritual strength to witness and tell others about the goodness of God in the land of the living. And my natural strength will be scared. I don't want to talk to them. No, my spiritual strength will give me power to tell somebody about the goodness of God. So they come on with me on this way of Christ. Come on, let's go. My spiritual strength will get that done. I don't need to allow my natural strength. I thank God for it, but that's not what we're talking about here. The second thing is the word of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the vision of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So the word of God is living. It's active. It's blessed. It's endless in the kingdom. It's living. The word lives. See, the word of God I'm ministering to you now is alive. It's working on you right now. That's why when you get on Tuesday, you will hear this word coming up. I remember Pastor Dodd was in that line, boy. He didn't act up. I can't cuss this boss man out. Look how they're looking at me, Lord. I can't cheat this person over here. I can't can't go to my natural means of doing things. Why? Because the Spirit of God, the Word is working in me. See, this Word is alive. This Word is working on you. You'll be watching something on television, the Word will come up on you. You'll need to watch that. You'll see something on your phone and the word of God will say, hey, keep scrolling. The word, word, the word is a lie. I mean, it's working on you right now. Why do you think you treat people right? It ain't because of your natural ability. Because sometimes you feel like doing it, sometimes you don't. But it's the word that's working in you right now. Why are you still married? It's the word working in you. Why are you still single and ain't started? 
Because it's the word working in you. Why you keep raising your children in the ways of God? It's the word working in you. Why you keep on giving? It's the word working in you. That word is alive. It helps you to think, talk, and act more like Jesus. It's alive. It's alive and deserting. It's skilled and fighting and judging the faults and the intents of the heart. Three, worship. John 4, 23 and 24. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship. Worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we're going to worship God. See, worshipers... Worshippers understand that they're worshiping the Father in spirit, in their thinking, feeling, and rational spirit, and truth, what is true in any matter. But notice, the Father is seeking such to worship him. He don't need to seek any father. He, need to, he needs to find worshipers right here, sitting in your seat right now. You don't need to wait for the praise team or the choir or sincere praise to be the worship. You need to be the worship. That worship along with and not only that, you worship on Tuesday. You worship on Monday. You worship on Sunday evening. You worship on, on in the morning time. You worship on your lunch break. You're riding in the car, you worshiping. Woo! This is good, God. Why? Because you're a worshiper. And you don't need somebody to pump you up to worship because it's automatically in you because you're following the way of Christ. You'll follow his way. And following his way, see, followers worship him. Because you see God. Oh, God is so good. And the reason you find, you, you worship him because you see God doing great things. He's, de- he's loaded me daily with benefits. Ooh, he made a way out of nowhere. He healed my body. Oh, he did this. He did that. He protected me. He made, he prospered me. He's causing me to be productive in every aspect of my life. He's blessing my children. He's blessing my family. He's blessing me to do the things of God. He is who he said he is. I'm following him. And see, these are people that follow him that see the goodness of God. And you are a new creation in Christ. See, the old things have passed away. Yeah, you'll start relying on that way. No, that's, that's, yeah, no. We're starting to follow him. Four, prayer. Then he spoke a parable to them, Luke 18 and 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. So notice what he said, men ought to always to pray, offer prayers to a conversation with man and God. And not lose heart, become weary to faint. See, many times the reason that you don't faint or become weary is because you pray. And when you don't pray, you become faint. Sometimes it ain't the fact that you go, listen, the trial don't change, you change. The circumstance don't change, you change. And prayer is one way you can change. We have to learn how to pray. And when we pray, we continue to pray. It's our lifestyle. You, listen, you don't have to worry about, I can, listen, since I, never, never fall for this. I used to fall for this. Since I can't pray 30 minutes, I'm not going to pray. No, you can pray two minutes, pray. Pray over your food. Pray over, listen, in your, before you get in the job, before you go into your, wherever you work at. Lord, before I turn this computer on and do this Zoom work today, I'm going to pray before I start dealing with these folks today. 
Lord, you're going to help me. I don't, I don't, listen, I don't know what I'm about to see. I don't know what I'm about to hear, but I need your help through this day. And you said you'll lead and guide me in all truth. I'm going to pray before I turn this computer on. Before I get to the job, I'm going to take just a couple of minutes and say thank you, Lord, for helping me go down the road. No speeding tickets, no accidents, no car trouble. Lord, before I get into this place, I'm covered with the blood of Jesus, God. Thank you for the blood saturating this place, protection, divine protection. I'm praying for salvation in this place. Let me be a light, amen, while I'm in here too, God. Let me walk in the goodness of God. And why you any guy? You want to throw a bonus in there? I ain't going to be mad neither. Glory be to God. See, God can do if you let just allow him to. Prayer. Why don't you pray before you go to your job? I remember when I, I used to work at a, at a place where I used to work at. I remember walking that place. And, and what happened, the reason I'm teach, I can teach you this, because I was going through so much pain and heartache on that job, boy. I would get mad. I wanted to hurt somebody. Then I would get frustrated because of everything I was dealing with. And God said, why, why aren't you praying then? I said, well, yeah, okay, God, I'll try that out. I would do it inconsistently. Then I'd do it sometimes. sometimes. You know, when things are going good, I wouldn't pray. But when they got rough, oh God, help me, God! I need you to do something, God. Oh God, you got to pray when it's good, and you got to pray when it's not so good. You he went in there praying. I said, God, you got. It, it wasn't a deep, long prayer. He just wanted me to acknowledge him, and he direct my path. That's what he's looking for. And the last one I have is testify, Revelation twelve verse eleven, and they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of that testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. They overcome, they conquered, they prevailed. They got the victory by the blood of the Lamb. They overcame by their testimony. Their testimony was their record, their report, their story. Listen, I gave you my testimony a few minutes ago. That's a testimony. I pray that it, was, it would encourage you along the way. Listen, your testimony... Is listen, your testimony not only for you, but it's for you to tell somebody else. To tell somebody else. And not only just uh, saved folks, but sometimes you need to tell unsaved folks. Your testimony, so in turn, they can be saved. Paul was good at, at telling this testimony to those that were not saved. So in turn, they could be saved. Like what he said, I became all things to some, that I may went all things to some, that I may went some to Christ. The Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ gives us what we need to access our new life despite that opposition. Remember the opposition may come from your soul. It may come from your flesh. But that's why you need to make your spirit man strong. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.